Mississauga, New York, Houston, Texas, and San Francisco, California. All three of these cities played a big role in you finding family and just our journey in general. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. But I think we should start by talking about why we left Buffalo. I agree. Welcome to Finding Gina Marie. This is episode two our podcast about finding family and our eventual journey to discover a new home in Europe. If you've missed episode one, the links are in the description. And if you're just listening to us on a podcast, we also have a YouTube channel and you can find that at findinggenabrie.com. So I'm Kevin. And I'm Judy. So we got married in December of 1983 when I was 19 and you were 21. That's correct. And we picked December in Buffalo, New York. Why? Because we were in love. (laughs) And also because we didn't realize what it was going to take to get married in December. We definitely were not thinking, oh, we wanted snow and we wanted this picturesque time of year or that um, all the colors and and everything else, burgundy is my favorite color. So, um, but that had nothing to do with. (laughs) You weren't weren't going for winter colors? (laughs) I wasn't going for winter colors necessarily. It was more that at the time we thought that we were going to be moving out of state. And we were getting married at what we thought was a good break time to actually leave. But my mother had told me I had no idea how hard it was to plan a wedding a week before Christmas. And I can honestly say that it was very tricky and it continues to be tricky. Because every year after that, now we celebrate our anniversary right before Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, it's super busy. You know, it's an expensive time of year. So it's hard to just take a quick trip and get away. But if we go back to our wedding just a little bit, I do want to say that one of the most special memories that I have of our wedding outside of the snowball fight that we could do because it was um, in December and there was a blizzard and our band was telling everyone to go home and we were saying, no, 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 no. We Paid for this big party. We want you all to stay. And our, and our photographer didn't even record the snowball fight, which we thought was the coolest part. It's like, oh, here, as long as we got a blizzard, <laughs> let's get ourselves in our in our wedding outfits having a snowball fight. And he's like, oh, yeah, those pictures didn't turn out. So. Right. And neither <laughs> did the pictures of the bagpipers that your dad had right. arranged to come during the band breaks, the band breaks yeah. as a surprise. And you know how every bride loves surprises from their father-in-law. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> But I will say one of the cool things was a spontaneous photo of your father watching you watching me walk down the aisle. And it is honestly one of the most precious photographs that we have. Yeah, it was such a special moment, especially after I saw the photo. You know, my father captured the look in my eyes as I was marrying the love of my life. And her walking down the aisle was the most beautiful thing I ever saw. And it just meant so much that, you know, he saw me taking those next steps as an adult and entering into a relationship that for me was so important. Nothing topped our marriage at that point. I just... I just wanted to start a new life with you, kind of a, a reset, you know, that whatever years of struggle I had, this was the moment that we were on our new journey and just thrilled to be on that journey. Yes, same. <laughs> good. <laughs> I think the last episode you said something like we, we had a good relationship, like in past tense. No, <laughs> I didn't mean it that way at all. 
this flashback. But still, you know, as I was editing, I'm going, what had? Don't we still have a good relationship? Just reassure me. Yes, here. yes, we do. It's one of the most precious parts of being with you is is the relationship we have, which survived 43 years. So despite the fact that there was a blizzard, the wedding went pretty good. I mean, you didn't you didn't expect the bagpipers. My dad was thrilled. He was so proud of himself because he, he threatened to put those bagpipers in, in the wedding ceremony. Oh, yeah. He wanted them when I was walking down the aisle. And I'm Italian. My parents are German and Polish. Bagpipes really didn't fit in. If we were going to have anything, it was a harp and a soloist singing yeah. Ave Maria. <laughs> a far cry from bagpipes. However, I will say that... As I've gotten older and more mature, I absolutely love bagpipes, and they hold an extremely special place in my heart. And and honestly, wherever we are, when I hear bagpipes play, I have to pause, take a moment, take pictures, and um, just really embrace um, the beauty yeah. of bagpipers. So honestly, for being a 19-year-old who was very naive in the world, I didn't fully appreciate at the time how special it was, but I am really, really glad now that we had that as part of our of our wedding. I just wish that I wasn't so upset about it at the time. <laughs> well, you know, weddings are stressful. You you get True. a you get a big break for all that. And that moment was so important for me because everything I did in my life was really to make my dad proud. There was just so much history between us and, and our relationship. My brother died when I was five years old. So I was the youngest kid in the family. Uh, and there was several years. You were the youngest, but there was, what, yeah. 14 years between you and him? Right. Two years between both my sisters and him. And then 14 years later, I was born. Prize, <laughs> my mother said. <laughs> uh, but being that kid, having lost a brother at that young age, and I just wanted to do everything I could to impress my father. And I felt like I picked a great woman to enter this next stage of life and that he would be so proud of that. I don't think you were replacing your brother, but you were kind of filling in for the loss and the sadness that your whole family had to endure. Sure. And I think as a result of that, you two were buddies and he worked long hours, but he also said, there's no place that I'm going that my son can't go as well. Yeah. And so you just loved spending time with him. Oh yeah. Well, like you said, he worked long hours. So anytime I could get, you know, he's going to hang out at the bar with buddies. I went along, you know, and right. I just, I didn't care. You know, I just wanted to spend time with him. Yeah. And that's why the call in January, you know, still very much newlyweds yeah. um, was just so crushing. It was probably about a month after we were married, maybe a little bit longer than that. No, less, because it was mid-January and we were married late, late December. December 17th. Okay. She remembers our first <laughs> engagement in June, well, but she can't remember our actual end wedding. Of the month, sorry. No. <laughs> All right, fine. So, yeah, I, it's well, whatever it was. I, I mean, I can't remember the exact day that it happened. But I just know that, you know, it was late one night and we were in our little duplex apartment uh, in Chictawaga and the phone rang and we, we our bedrooms were upstairs, uh, nicely nestled right by our window that let snow blow in because it wasn't that great a place. And so the phone rang, went downstairs, I think it was almost 1 a.m. to midnight or 1 a.m., something like that. And it was my mother and she said, you know, we're at the hospital, uh, your father was having chest pains and it took us half the night to convince him to go to the hospital, but he's here now. 
and they're running tests and they said that he's been having mild heart attacks for days or maybe weeks. And my father was tough that, you know, he trained us all. You just push through any pain. You don't deal with that kind of stuff. So, well, he had a lot of suffering in his life. He worked hard. His father had died young and right. he was the man of the family. And I feel like he was just used to making sacrifices sure. and having to be strong for other people. It's just that, you know, that stubbornness. Yeah. It's just pretty stubborn. Really stubborn. <laughs> Only surpassed by her. That's, a, that's an argument for another episode. <laughs> I'm not arguing. <laughs> Good job. So anyway, he, we, we got this call and the next day we went up to the hospital. They kept him overnight and they said they were going to do a stress test on his heart. And the stress test started. And within a few minutes, we got a visit from one of the nurses saying, uh, your husband, father has been taken into surgery immediately. He had a massive heart attack during the actual stress test of his heart. And they're doing a bypass surgery. It turned out to be a triple bypass, I think. And so we were in the hospital for that whole day, just kind of waiting out the progress of this. And thankfully, he did pull through on that. Well, and your sisters were in Houston. True. So I think we were dealing with that on our own, if totally. I recall. Yeah, I was I was the only one left in, in Buffalo for the kids. And so I was taking care of mom and, and making sure that she got back and forth to the hospital and, you know, just managing what was going on with my dad. And of course, it turned out to be a longer recovery. He was there for a week and then a little bit more, and they still wanted to make sure everything was stable. And then the day that they actually said he was getting out, he had a stroke. So then he actually switched hospitals and had to go in for more time until they took care of the stroke. And luckily he was in the hospital when he had the stroke. Right, right. Because then they could take care of it right away. But it was an awful stressful series of weeks for newlyweds who all they could think about was, Let's see what we can do with our new life here. And we're busy going to the hospital almost every day, every other day, and just a lot of stress and strain on a, on a really young relationship. I mean, I think we were fine and we were just young and naive and we didn't really know how to navigate a situation like this. I didn't feel like I knew exactly how to help or we as a couple hadn't really had to address something like this while we were dating or anything like that. So just not even knowing how to be there for you was challenging. Sure. Yeah, it was a lot to put on a 19 year old. You know, that, well, that's... we're just young. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he did recover from the stroke. He was released from the hospital and he got to go home, you know, and we hadn't even, do we even have them over to our apartment yet? That was, that was until after no. he got out. Well, I think your, your, your family in general just had a habit sometimes of just dropping by. Right. And so it was Valentine's day and he came over with chocolates and to have a beer and just hang out and say hello. And in fact, we have a photo in our apartment now uh, from that day and, is very special. Yeah. Actually, I'm thinking now that your sister must have been in town, maybe as a result of the stroke or whatever. All right. Family must have been so, there because one of your nephews in yeah. are in there. Yes. I think it was your sister who took the picture. So while he was home, you know, it 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 was kind of a rough period for him. He was he still wasn't in great health. And this was tough for me because he was a strong man. He was a he was an athlete. He wasn't overweight. He was probably underweight. He was always just really tough and a tough guy. And 
watching him go through this period of he couldn't eat, he couldn't do the things he wanted to do. His his legs were swollen, you know, and and his body was really fighting against him and all. It of this. really was, and and again, we're trying to do our jobs, get our life up and running, and there's this struggle of well, I got to spend time over with my mother and father, and I got to take care of him and. But you were happy to do. It was just was a lot of responsibility. And it is one of those things that you hear about where the child kind of becomes the parent. Yeah, no, exactly. And in fact, the one day I had to go over there because I talked to the doctor with my mother and him and said, you've got to fix this. He's not able to eat. And they said, we don't know what's wrong with him, right. which I was very mad about. And then that night he just wasn't doing well. They said, we'll just bring him back to the hospital and we'll take care of him here because maybe we can do some more testing. So I picked him up, actually had to carry him to the car because he was just so emaciated. Got him in the car. He wasn't even 61 years old yet. So he still was a young man and got him to the hospital, just asked him to, you know, what's going on? Why aren't you trying to eat? Why aren't you taking better care of yourself? This is, you're a fighter. Why are you doing this? Why are you giving up? I was pretty stern with him about that. But I think you were doing it out of love and hoping that perhaps by expressing yourself in this way, which was very unnatural for you, that it would snap him out of it. And if he didn't want to do it for himself, he would maybe do it for you. And that that was the goal in my head. And, uh, and then I, I, Went over to your house. I think we were babysitting. We were babysitting my younger brother and my parents were out for the evening or they were out of town for the weekend, actually. Oh, really? And the phone rang and I picked it up and it was my mother. It was it was. Yeah. Okay. I I don't even remember, but I just knew that I got the call and I was grateful for it. And I heard what had happened that your father had passed away. And I think we both were in complete shock. And I don't even know if you remember what was happening after hearing that news. No, I, I was in shock. I didn't, I remember, I think we went to the hospital. I don't know. There was this point of we couldn't go right away because we were actually watching your brother. It wasn't just instantaneous. And I just, a lot of that is a blur. I don't remember, but I really think that if you needed to go to the hospital, you would have gone and I would have just stayed alone. Totally. I just I just don't remember. It's one of those moments in life where you can't just fathom how to figure out how to handle this. And of course, your memory is going to fail at that point. <laughs> yeah. We share the story in part because it's just such a pivotal experience that impacted the rest of our lives. It's part of what triggered the next stage of our journey. That time period was tough because I wasn't able to show off anything I was doing to my dad. You know, there was no more so proud of you, Kev. You know, it wasn't there for me. And that took a little bit of my glory out of anything I was doing. I was still trying to do stuff. I was still trying to run my own company. I was working for a computer store. You had a job with a law firm in Buffalo. We were doing what we could to build a life there. Yeah. And, and losing your father, I think was just a really, really hard thing. In fact, this goes back to the difference between me, where I spoke about my feelings and shared everything that went through my head and you who really kept everything all bottled up inside. I really didn't even fully appreciate the trauma that it was for you to have lost your father. I mean, of course I knew that you were devastated, but life seemed to be going along, I didn't realize how much 
it impacted you because you just kept it all inside. Yeah, I buried it pretty deep. So you were struggling on a daily basis. I probably wasn't struggling on a daily basis, but every time that something went wrong, I was feeling, why are we here? Why are we in Buffalo? We're not getting paid great. You know, we're, we're driving around in our car with rolled pennies underneath the seat, just in case we need to buy some emergency gas. Cause we were broke. We were broke. We were so broke. <laughs> broke, broke, broke. <laughs> and we lived in a duplex, a side by side and our landlady lived on the other side. And it was just, it was like this constant, why are we having to fight with our landlady? Cause she didn't want us in the driveway because she wanted access to it. There was no place to park. There was a lot of little issues. Right. And I also think that sometimes when you have a trauma like that, you are looking for a change in your circumstances yeah. to kind of get away from. I wanted to reboot. I wanted to restart. And I was, and the more, the more time we spent in Buffalo, the more I wanted to reboot this. Our apartment was small, but I feel like we made it very cozy. However, the basement was something else and it was very awkward and we would have, I think we would have had to buy a washer and dryer, which just didn't seem practical for us to do. So I know that you were bowling on Thursday nights and I would take our laundry and go to my mother's house. And it actually was like a really nice thing because at the time you and your father and his friends and your mutual friends would just kind of hang out and have guys night. And I would hang out with my mother and we would just catch up and talk about whatever. And it was just really nice. And I know that my mother and I had a shift in our relationship after we got engaged. I feel like that was a pivot point where suddenly I was a young woman and not her daughter. She made a joke at one point that if Kevin didn't really like how I was raised. It was his fault because he dated me for so long that he really was more responsible for raising me than my parents were. Before (laughs) before we got married, we were dating almost five years. She's right. right. We were dating for a long time. Which which were very critical years of my life, right? Needless to say, it was nice for my mother and I to have a relationship that was tied to being friends. (laughs) No, no, not laundry. Okay. <laughs> just being friends and just being able to talk about things and just really having deep conversations that were meaningful. And it, w- it was just very special. I enjoyed it as well. It was, it was the, we're both married adult women. We can have different conversations than when I had to tell you to behave yourself as a, as a daughter. Now you're more in my situation. Right, exactly. More commonalities you could share? Exactly, yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was very lovely. And we used to talk every day. And she she was my best friend. Honestly, I was dating you for so long that I didn't really have a ton of girlfriends. Right. I had a very busy life when I was growing up. And in high school, I was involved in every activity. So... Having this relationship with my mother was was nice. I mean, you wanted to spend time with all your family, but your mother's relationship with you was yeah, exactly. Really my critical. father wasn't the most talkative person. No. He was the person who would let me know it was time to turn over when I was laying out in the sun. But your tanning buddy, my tanning buddy. I, I am I am never her tanning buddy, as you can see. But <laughs> no, you're me. not. <laughs> if I want. Fun in the sun. I'm not necessarily now, doing it with you. To be clear, winters in Buffalo weren't conducive to tanning. So she's talking about her trips to Florida with her dad, not actually hanging right. out in Buffalo. Yes, exactly. By March of 85, we actually got a chance to take a trip. Right. 
again, broke, broke, broke. Yeah. <laughs> Our in-laws had worked for the airlines and there was a recent change. They added the in-law pass. Right. Yes. So it was a perk that they got probably in lieu of a raise, unfortunately, <laughs> but it allowed us to travel standby. And Kevin was able to show me Houston and his love of that part of the country. My love of that part of the country had a lot to do with the fact that we had two blizzards in a row in Buffalo in, in those the last two winters. I mean, they were pretty big blizzards. Yeah. In fact, my vehicle used to, when, you, when you'd back out of the driveway, <laughs> it would fin up on top of... The, the Pontiac Le Mans with the... <laughs> with the Fishtail back end, yeah. Yes, we lived on a very busy street and- You're Back out of the driveway in the snowbank. We'd have really high snowbanks yeah. and my vehicle would just- it would ride up on it and just slide down in the snow. Yes, and Stuck. then you couldn't get out. <laughs> and and that happened a few times. Yeah. You know, it's fine. It's what it was, yeah. but it, w- it got old very quickly to have to deal with that. There was enough little things- all the time. I remember specifically one incidence where you had to get your wisdom teeth removed. Oh, yeah. That's and right. it meant I was driving. Of course, we had a big snow right before that. A huge snow. And so we couldn't get into the driveway and you were still, you know, drugged out oh, from, yeah. from the dentist. So I had to shovel snow so that we could get into the driveway and it was a lot of snow. We're talking probably three feet of snow. Yeah. And it was it was not pretty. And I thought, what the heck are we doing here? I don't recall whether that happened either before our trip to Houston or after it. But I remember I think thinking, was, I am over blizzards. And yeah, it might have happened either way because you can never tell when it snows in Buffalo. It could be May, could be <laughs> January. It's it's really hard to know. But yeah, that was that was that was horrible. I mean, the fact that I was loopy. And you're you're out there shoveling, and I felt really guilty, but I also felt like if I go out there and grab no, a shovel, it, was, it wasn't even a thing. I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to be down and out in the snowbank. Right. So, so the idea of living in blustery Buffalo and getting a midwinter break yeah. to sunny Houston was not at all hard to take. Yeah, especially when the tickets weren't costing us anything. Right. Yes. So we did go down there, and we spent. A week, maybe? Was it three days, five days? I don't know. It, it wasn't long, but, yeah. but whatever it was, was lovely. Maybe in my brain, I'm thinking, well, maybe this will convince you that this is a place to go. We got back, and I think there was still weather problems, wasn't there, after we got back? I am i wouldn't be surprised. I honestly don't remember, but I could completely believe that there were. Because yeah. it seems like at some point, you got just really frustrated. Literally, we were, it was some afternoon and I can't remember why. Combination of things. Yes. And I had said to him, for a nickel, I'd move. And he literally pulled a nickel. You literally pulled a nickel out of your pocket. Yes. And called my sister and I said, send up the want ads and don't tell mom that her last kid is moving out of Buffalo because she'll freak. But Judy needs to job hunt and we're thinking of moving now it's just we got to figure out jobs first before we move. I had a really good job in Buffalo. I worked for a labor relations law firm and it was it was a great job, but salaries overall in Buffalo were very low. And when we actually got the want ads and bear in mind this was a long time ago where you couldn't go online, there was no internet. Was 1985, yes. <laughs> to see what the salaries were was astounding. I kind of knew some people who were in the same field. And after 25 years, they were probably making just a tiny bit more than what I could start out making in Houston in a prestigious law firm. I think that was the nail in the coffin right there. When we saw that difference, you said, but 
you know, what's your, what are you going to do down there? I said, well, I work at a computer store here. I write software. So I'll just, I'll go down there and do the same thing. I'm, your job is going to be critical because <laughs> you're the reliable, steady income right, person. Right. I'm the flaky, who knows what I'm going to do next person. So it was really critical that immediately if you got a job down there that paid this much, it would have taken you 20 years in Buffalo to raise that mu- that kind of salary. I just felt like, why not? Right. Well, and off and on through the time that we were dating, my parents had alluded to the fact that there would potentially be a time where they would like to live in Florida. And I don't know if it must have come up again recently in the midst of all of that. And, and maybe it was just in one of those conversations with my mother on a Thursday evening that she kind of talked about the fact that they might be interested in doing something like that. I know at one point my father was talking about opening up a oil service oh, right. yeah, in Florida. Like a Jiffy Loop type yeah, thing. Like yeah, like a Jiffy Loop. I remember just thinking it was maybe the perfect storm of circumstances where we were fed up with Buffalo winters right. and salaries were potentially going to be much better. Right. And Your family potentially was moving in the next few years. Yes. So yeah. I just put it out there. If I had a nickel, I'd move. Yeah. And it was, it was- fate. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and because the want ads took time to get mailed to us, not like we just emailed them. This was postal service. You know, this this process wasn't quick to just no, get that. No, going. I'm gonna argue there. We went to Houston in probably March, early April, and we ended up making the decision. I do remember printing out hundreds printing out of, of of resumes and replying to jobs. In fact, I remember using a Martindale Hubble, which is basically like a phone directory of attorneys. And I was just applying to every place under the sun. When was the last time you used a Martindale Martindale Hubble? You just (laughs) just pulled that out, huh? (laughs) She's she's amazing me every episode with these facts that she's pulling out of the past. Well, it was it was what you used. And okay. I think you can still, there's still an online version, but all right, all right. I just, remember. I'm just was, impressed. Just, just take it as impressed. It's, it's fine. Sure. So you, so the one ads, we got those in March probably. No, may, maybe we got them mid April. And so we made the decision and ended up moving. We, we were living in Houston by July 5th. Mid July. No, July 5th was, um, I remember starting my job the day after the 4th of July holiday. One of the things that if you don't know this about us yet is that I don't think we're rash, but I think that when we get a wild hair and it seems like the right thing to do, we don't want to spend a whole lot of time thinking about it. We're action driven. And I feel like this was the first of a few moves that just felt right to do. And so we moved accordingly. I think that's a good stopping point for now. We definitely have a lot to talk about in our move to Houston and the a number of things that we had to do to make that happen. Yeah. So if you're catching this episode on YouTube, uh, consider giving us a thumbs up and consider subscribing as well. This way you won't miss any part of our journey. And if you have any questions or comments, please throw those down in the comment section. Uh, we'll have information in our description, and you can also find our all our information on findinggenamarie.com. Links are in the show notes. Links are always in the show notes. And Kevin likes to repeat me. I like to repeat her. Until next time. Until next time. Oh, definitely. But I think we should start by talking about Buffalo and okay. why we left.
Shall we just do that again? Yeah, go <laughs> don't, don't, don't stomp on my line. I won't stomp on my line. I'm sorry. <laughs>